Hey everybody, welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a podcast all about marketing and business tips for belly dancers. I'm your host, Jana, and welcome to the 13th episode. This week, I want to talk more about branding. And last episode, we talked about the ways that you can brand your dance business. And this week, I wanted to go more into the specific points of branding, which is your target audience, your mission statement, and so on and so forth. What I have for you this week, in addition to this episode, is a free worksheet, free download. And you can get that by going to Jana, which is Z-A-N-A-DanceArtist.com forward slash episode 13. If you click the sign me up button, you have to enter your name and email address, and then you can get the checklist for this week's episode. So again, that's Jana, Z-A-N-A dash danceartist.com forward slash episode 13. And I'll also have this in the information on the actual podcast. And I will give you a second to go and download that. If you are not able to download that uh, right now, you can shoot me an email um, if for some reason it's not working, but it should be working just fine when you go to the link. So for those of you that have the worksheet right in front of you and you want to follow along, I will take you through each step and how you can fill it out with relation to what you are offering. So there are 15 parts which seem a bit overwhelming if you don't know, if you've never had to do this before. And I want to help you out and take you through each part and give you some examples or suggestions. So let's get started. So if you'll notice on the first page, it's all about your target audience. In order to know how you're going to brand yourself and what you offer, you have to be really specific with who your audience is, who your target client is. So number one is who is your target client? How old are they? What is their profession? Why would they need your product or hire you? The more detailed, the better. If you are a teacher, you need to think about who are you teaching? It can't be for everybody because not everybody's going to maybe benefit from your teaching style. And that way, the more specific you get, the more of a chance you have of getting really good students and people that want to continue learning from you. So if you teach children from ages 6 to 13, then that needs to be part of the information you have on your website and your biography and so on and so forth in your class descriptions. If you are teaching working moms, well, what kind of job do they have? Do they have flexible work schedules or are they working 50, 60 hours a week? How are you going to try to bring them into your classes? So the more you know about who you want to work with, the better it is. And the better you can market yourself and advertise your offer. So whether it's 
you are trying to dance at the next big corporate event for this company or if you're trying to sell a DVD. The better you know your target client, the better you can promote your services. So number two, where are they online? So where is your target client online? Where do they like to hang out on? Do they mostly use Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram? What hashtags do they use? What kind of content do they share? So this one involves a bit of research online to see what exactly are they searching for? Uh, a lot of popular searches on Pinterest are obviously belly dance, costumes, or makeup. If that's something that is relevant to what you are offering, let's say you're a makeup artist for belly dancers, and you need to know what it is people are searching for, what kind of hashtags do they use? Do they use Instagram more than Facebook? If they're on Facebook, are they in Facebook groups? So really kind of get into the mindset of where your target audience hangs out online. Number three, where are they offline? So where can you find your target client, your target audience in the real world? Are there events in your area that your target client attends? If not, could you create one? Could you create a Hofla and bring in uh, people in your area like other dance teachers from other dance forms and invite their students to come see what your students have learned so far to try to build up your classes? If you know other dancers that put on regular shows, could you reach out to them to see if you can attend or if you can participate in their show to try to make connections there? So it's not just about where people are online, it's where they are hanging out offline. This is a big reason why, obviously, festivals are a big part of belly dance because it's a really great networking opportunity and as well as to better yourself as a dancer, of course, but you meet people that run their own festivals, attending other people's festivals. So if that is a part of your dance goal, then you need to be thinking, where do these people hang out in the real world? And number four, which is the last part of this target audience page for the worksheet, is your mission statement. So this is basically taking what your previous answers are, including what you offer plus your target audience and how it benefits them. So you want to be very, very specific. So the mission statement for Advance Your Belly Dance podcast is, for example, I offer marketing tips for belly dancers that want to go pro and it helps them cross that line from hobbyist to professional. So that's just one example. So you want to write out a very specific uh, mission statement of what you have to offer, to whom, and how and why it benefits them. So you want to make sure your mission statement isn't just about all you can offer, you teach and you perform and you do this and you do that, but why should anyone care? So you want to really make sure that you include how it benefits your target audience. Page number two is your offer, your services, your products. Number five is what is your product or service? Is it digital? Is it service only? And why should your audience, why should your potential clients care? Was, what is it about you and your offer 
that isn't available elsewhere. Maybe you have a very specific way of teaching a certain move. Maybe you have historical and academic knowledge of a specific type of folklore dance. Think about what it is that you're offering and why should someone come to you? What is it about your knowledge and your background and your history that would benefit someone from coming to you on this topic? Number six is where is your product or service available? Is it only on your website or can your target audience find it elsewhere? I added this in because a lot of people, a lot of dancers don't have some of their stuff online on their own websites for some reason um, because they don't primarily have websites. They rely on Facebook or if they do have a product, it's available through Amazon. But you want to make sure that you put it um, on your website or your social media pages or when you meet people out in the real world, you want to make sure that people know how to get your product or how to hire you. So if someone is hiring you through another service, you want to make sure to include that link or tell people about how to uh, book you. I forget the name of the gig website. I think it's a gig masters. I'm not entirely sure, but some people really like to use those websites as opposed to just having everything on their own. But if that's something that you use, that's fine. But just make sure that you are very clear in how people can find you and how to hire you and how to buy your product. And number seven is how do you get testimonials or referrals? Social proof is very important and key here. Social proof is basically just real world testimonials from people that you've helped before. And the best way to get those is to just simply ask. If you don't already have testimonials, consider contacting your teachers to review your product or service if you're just starting out. If you are launching a new online course, contact five of your dance um, mates or classmates or even your teacher and ask them for some feedback. Ask them what they liked, what could be improved, and ask them if you have permission to use that as a testimonial. Now, here's a little tip. If you are using um, a testimonial for a product or service on, and you want to put it on your website, you want to make sure that you can ask their permission to get a photo of them as well because it's a lot more powerful for people that visit your site to see, to put a name, sorry, to put a face to the name of whoever is saying these beautiful things about your product or you. So that is a lot more powerful than just having the text. But I know that's not always easy to get and people forget to send pictures or they send low quality pictures, you know, but if you can get a photo for each testimonial or referral, that you want to put on your website, then that's even better. But the main thing is, is that you get some kind of referral or testimonial from people that can give it to you honestly. Don't make up stuff and add people's names. Like don't say Mahmoud Reda recommends my classes and you've never met him. So just leave it, um, make it, make sure it's honest. So, and on to the, your website and logo. So number eight, does your website reflect your business? If not, what changes would you make? 
if you have pictures that are over maybe 10 years old and you don't look like that in your photos anymore, let's say you've, it's not that important, but let's say you've dyed your hair or, or you've changed your, your dance style. Let's say you used to be Egyptian style and now you do ATS, but all your photos are Egyptian, then obviously that needs to change to reflect your current business now. Let's say before you used to gig only, but now you teach. Do your photos on your website reflect that? Do you have any photos of your um, classes or you teaching or any videos of your workshops or classes? Or is it just professional photos or photos from events? You need to take just a really good look at your website and ask yourself, does this reflect me and does this reflect my business? Even from the colors you use on your website, does does it speak out to you? And again, these are really hard if you aren't good at design or if you aren't good at this part. So I really recommend hiring somebody, hiring a professional to help you with this. Because if you are especially running your own business and you don't have the time to learn about web design and like the visual part of branding, then it's a lot easier and more helpful down the line to hire a professional to do it for you. And so I would recommend then to hire someone to help you out because you already have a thousand other things going on and you don't want to be learning something new to use it once or twice in your lifetime right now. So definitely think about that as an investment in your business if you do need a new website. If not, it's not that difficult to create very simple, tasteful ones for yourself. Don't go overboard. But just make sure that you take an honest look on your website and see, does this really reflect what I'm offering? Number nine is what is your tone? Does your ad copy and about page reflect you and how you talk to your clients? Don't be afraid to add some personality to your copy. So if you are trying to get booked at corporate events, your tone might want to sound more professional and corporate as opposed to more of how you would talk maybe to your friends or your students. Just take a look at what you've written and how your about, about me page is written and ask yourself, is this me? And there's nothing wrong with adding personality to your website, to your blog post, to anything. There's nothing wrong with it not being cookie cutter. Just make sure that it's clear and make sure that it's true to you. And as always, you can always hire a copywriter to help you with this part. Those are professionals whose entire jobs is to make sure that you come out in your content on your website or in your blog or things like that. Number 10, what pictures best represent your business? If you teach, do you have photos of your classes or do you only have performance pictures? I mentioned this a few questions earlier. Make sure that the pictures you have on your website and your social media and anything that where people can see your picture, it represents what you offer. If you are not um, currently gigging right now, then, but because you're more into cla teaching classes, then make sure that you have more pictures of you teaching classes or vice versa. Just make sure that visually it represents what you offer. Number 11, 
does your logo clearly describe your biz? Now, a lot of belly dancers, for some reason or another, they don't have logos. And it's not something that you need in the beginning. But once you do have a website, once you do have kind of your business starting and going, and once you do create regular content and you have followers and you're trying to get an audience, a logo really kind of seals the deal. It's like the bow to a package. It kind of brings it all together. And you have to take a look then, does it make sense with what you offer? And do you have at least two different versions of it for collateral items? Collateral items are basically things that you offer to your audience, like uh, thank you cards and someone purchases your DVD, if that's what you send, your stationery, if you use that, your business cards, of course. So anything um, tangible that you hold in your hand is considered a collateral item. And the reason you want to have at least two different versions of it is because you want to make sure that the... Uh, sizing and the colors work for what it is that you need it for. Now, the logo itself is not different. It's the same. You just have two uh, versions. So for my logo, it's uh, just my name, Jana, And the primary one might be uh, black with a transparent or white background. But on my website, I have the website colors, which is like a teal green in the background. And then the font is in white. So the logo hasn't changed, it's just another version of it, okay? And the last page of the checklist is all about your social media presence. Number 12, where do you post online? Do you blog regularly? Which social media channels do you use the most? And is it the same as your target audience? This is very important, and I've mentioned this before, that you need to be posting something or creating something, putting something out into the world on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be blogging if you don't like to write. It can be videos, it can be a podcast, it can be anything you want it to be, but it needs to be regular and it needs to be valuable. Now that intimidates a lot of people because, oh my God, how can I create something new every single week? I don't know. But it's a lot easier than you think and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Take a look at your favorite posts about things related to what you're offering and related to dance, whatever it may be, and see how you can write it in your own voice. Obviously, don't copy and paste and make it your own, but you can write a commentary on it. Let's say you found a post about um, how belly dance is healthy for people that have uh, knee injuries and it's easier to... Um, belly dance after let's say um, a knee injury and because it's a lot easier on the knees let's say you want to write about that and you're a holistic uh, dancer and you teach yoga as well so you know all about this you can start off by linking to that comment and just writing your own opinion and then the more you read the more ideas you have about what you can post so it's a lot easier than it seems you just have to put it into chunks where they're easily accomplished, okay? So you can write out different themes and then you can think about topics for those themes. For my newsletter and for this podcast, I have two different kind of things and I plan a year in advance of content. So for 2017, it's already planned out. Not necessarily all written or recorded, but it's there. 
if I ever want to tweak something, it's a lot easier than, than to go from nothing and think, okay, so now it's April, what do I write about for the next six months? So you want to just sit down and write out themes for what it is that you want to post online and then come up with topics for each theme. I suggest doing it in first of all months and then breaking down the months into weeks. So four times a month you have um, this certain topic and then the next month it's a different topic. So for my newsletter, I have um, a different theme every month. And the general theme for the newsletter is tips for belly dancers that want to go pro. Similar to this podcast, but it's not just about marketing. It's about technique. It's about health. It's about different things. Whereas this podcast, I have the same kind of scheduling, but it's more about marketing, advertising, branding, things that people can do um, even if they're not interested in proving their technique. Okay, so this podcast is more for the marketing and the business side of belly dance. My newsletter is a bit of everything. But both have a similar theme in that it's for people wanting to know more, people wanting to become advanced in the in advanced in belly dance, hence advanced or belly dance as this podcast name and as the newsletter name. So look at where you post online and look at how often you produce content. And my suggestion in any one that has businesses or blogs or anything like that suggests to do it regularly. You don't have to do it every day, but every week you should be producing something new and something relevant to your business and to what you're about. If you're stuck on how to produce it, listen to the episode, I believe, 11 or 12, I'm not entirely sure, but listen to the episode that's, um, it's what to do if you don't like to blog. And those gives you, the episode gives you tips as well. So number 13, do you share relevant content? If so, how often? Does the content you share match your tone, your product and service and target audience? How often do you post? Remember that social media shouldn't be only about you. So take a look at what you post on, um, Facebook or Twitter or wherever you like to hang out on social media and see, is it relevant? Or are you just sharing funny cat videos, which everyone loves a good cat video, but unless the cat's belly dancing, it doesn't really have to do much with belly dance. So it's not um, a bad thing to be sharing irrelevant content every now and then. If it's something that you like, it's, it's technically still relevant then to you and what you prefer what you like, what you find funny, what you find interesting. But you don't want to make that uh, the only thing you post and share. So if you are really into health and belly dance, like proper positioning, proper technique, nutrition, look at, are you sharing that? Do people know that you're the expert for that? And what's really easy to do is look at the people you follow and why you like to follow them. If you follow... um, Back to the health example, if you follow a health and fitness guru, what is it about their social media strategy that you like? They're not probably sharing only their stuff. They're probably sharing other people's articles or other people's photos and inspirational posts and things like that. It's never going to be just about the person that's posting because otherwise no one would follow them. 
So no matter how famous they are, if it's just about them, 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 it's not, it's not going to be interesting. So try to see what mix of um, content that you can share. Number 14, do you follow industry pros and your target audience? So do a search for pros you admire and see how they run their social media channels. Don't forget to follow your target audience too. Now, about following your target audience, this one can be tricky because you don't want to follow people just to, let's say you're on Instagram. You don't want to follow someone on Instagram just to get the follow back. That is spammy and annoying and you don't want to do that. You should follow who you're interested in. But what you can do is the people that you are following, let's say on Instagram or Facebook, you can see who they're friends with and to kind of look in through their profile to see who else that they follow. And is this someone that is your target client? So this again involves a bit of research and don't be afraid to look through people's, if it's public, it's public for a reason. So don't be afraid to look through what is it that they're interested in? What kind of uh, social media channels or profiles do they like to watch, to look, to follow and try to see if there's anything in common? Is this person potentially a client or an, uh, an audience, um, your target audience for you? And last but not least, number 15, do your social media channels follow the same branding as your website? The key to branding is consistency. Your social media channels should very clearly look like they belong to you. This means that not only does your profile picture on your social media channel have to be the same as on your website, but also the kind of stuff that you post. If you are a dancer for weddings and all you post is about teaching beginners belly dance people might not think that that's they might be confused what you're offering and they might not think that's actually you on that social media channel or that's you on your website you want to make sure there's some kind of consistency same thing back to if you are a health guru and a belly dancer and all you post is let's say political topics, which yes, they're very important, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with your brand. So you want to make sure that it's consistent the way that you are um, relating to people and social media has to be the same on your website and vice versa. So really take a look at what you have on both and ask yourself, is this consistent? Does your picture match? your website does the header or the cover photo let's say on facebook is that on your website anywhere would people recognize that this is really you and this is not just someone else or that your website is outdated because if your website's outdated then people are going to think that you are no longer offering those services or selling those products or you're just not doing your dance business anymore so those were the 15 questions for starting to brand your dance business. As mentioned, you can download the worksheet in the link I will post in the full description for this podcast episode. And I hope that you've started getting more concrete ideas of how to go about branding your unique dance business and offerings. 
I would love to hear any questions or suggestions or comments or anything or how you found this episode in the Facebook group. So if you go to Facebook and you search for Advance Your Belly Dance, you can click to join the Facebook group for free. And I would love to hear your dance branding, your dance business branding questions and if you had any. So thanks again for joining me this week. I'm Jana and see you next week.